Hello. Uh, just before we kick off today's episode, I want to let you know that Glam Protect are going to be at the NEC in Birmingham on the 10th and 11th of November for the Farm Business Innovation Show 2021. Uh, that's an event for farmers and landowners to uh, explore the options of diversifying their income and making use of their spare land. Obviously, there's going to be a heavy focus on glamping, uh, which is why we're going to be there. So do attend if, you, if, you've, if you've got land or even if you're just thinking of starting a glamping site and you don't know where to start. We can talk you through all your options when it comes to glamping um, and it's completely free to attend. So do head down to Birmingham on the 10th or the 11th of November um, for the Farm Business Innovation Show. On with today's episode. Setting up good systems uh, to get bookings uh, without too much hard work. Um, Systems for people to come and let themselves into the site. Uh, Systems for people to leave the site and leave keys and things like that, uh, whether you're there or not, are are so important. So we have sites around our own sites that you would class as competitors that we actually speak to all the time. We pass um, people to one another whenever we're full. Um, So I would suggest that for all competitors or a thing, and you can analyze your competitors, that's quite an outdated way of viewing things. The number one most important thing for anybody that's wanting to set up a glamping site and run it properly as a business is put a lot of focus into marketing. Hello and welcome back to the Glamping Tech Podcast. Uh, today we've got the, the very first guest that we had on the podcast uh, and that's Callum McLeod. Uh, he's the co-founder and director of Glam Protect and NC500 Pods. Uh, the first time we had him on, he discussed, it was sort of a general intro to the podcast and, and Glam Protect as a company. The second time we uh, spoke about uh, marketing your glamping site before your doors open, uh, and that's a really big part of, of opening up. Um, and the, the, the success of that was seen uh, when we interviewed Marag Salabank from Braveview, who's a previous client of ours. But today we're going to dig into um, how running a glamping site and running a normal and another kind of business overlaps. Um, so we're looking at some general sort of business principles that you can apply to running your glamping business. But before we get into it, I just want to explain why, or I'll allow Callum to explain why he's qualified to discuss uh, the, the overlap between running a glamping site and running uh, another kind of business and how those principles merge into one. So Callum, do you just want to give us a, a brief run through of why you are qualified to talk about this, please? So thank you very much for that introduction, Nick. Uh, and yeah, uh, how am I qualified? So I own uh, two glamping sites, both in the north of Scotland. Uh, in the process of a few more, actually, we've got one joint venture that is about to start build. Uh, We've got one joint venture in planning and we've got one joint venture in the kind of idea stage Uh, and as well as that um, set up uh, and run an own Glampitect. Now there are two obviously very different businesses, one of them is architecture and one of them is uh, hospitality, hotels. And so for all they are very different, um, granted they are in the same space in terms of they're both to do with glamping. Uh, The principles are, are very similar. Uh, between the two and I would actually suggest that principles are very similar between most businesses Uh, you know ultimately businesses sell solutions to problems Um, and all businesses do that and I know probably some of the listeners are thinking well how is that Uh, and I'll give you the examples of our problems so uh, 
uh, Glampatex clients have the problem of wanting to set up a glamping site and not really knowing how to do it. And so we are the solution to that problem. We can take them right through uh, to opening up their glamping site. Uh, and similarly, with, uh, with North Coast 500 Pods, our own glamping sites, the, the problem that our customers have is that they want to go on holiday somewhere and they need to find somewhere to stay. And we are the solution to that problem. And that could be pulled across to literally any business ever, because if you're not solving a problem, then you don't have a business. And so the principles between any business can be kind of pulled across, no problem at all. Um, but yes, of course, my best understanding is in glamping. Uh, that's where my two most solid uh, businesses have come from. Uh, and now, obviously, further afield with Glam Protect Global uh, in the Middle East, Glam Compare coming online in the UK as well. Uh, all of my businesses at the moment are focused around glamping. So I would say that I am definitely best placed to help with this. Uh, so one thing that we actually uh, stress uh, within the business, but also it's been a recurring theme in this podcast with the guests that I've spoken to about it, um, it is really important to treat a glamping site as a business and not just a hobby. Uh, yeah. People do go into it wanting a lifestyle change, and that is great. There can be loads of benefits associated with setting up a glamping site. But then the day, unless you're mega rich, it has to be profitable for you to survive. Yeah. Um, why? Obviously, that's a that's a that's a basic reason why you have to treat a glamping site like a business. But what are the other kind of reasons as to why it is important to go into that glamping site setup and and running process with a business mindset? So, yeah, good question. And I'll focus predominantly on the people that won't think they want to set up as a business or won't think they need to set up as a business. And those are the people that are thinking, we want a lifestyle change. We want to immerse ourselves in the lifestyle. This is going to be great. And that's fine uh, for 300 days of the year or 250 days of the year. But what happens when it's a school holiday and you want to go with the kids on holiday? What happens when it's Christmas, New Year, all of these times that you're actually going to have visitors. Um, so if you don't set yourself up as a business, you're going to be a 365-day hobby, which, you know, even if it's the most enjoyable thing in the world, people probably won't love. Uh, so setting up good systems uh, to get bookings uh, without too much hard work, um, systems for people to come and let themselves into the site, uh, systems for people to leave the site and leave keys and things like that, uh, whether you're there or not, are so important. And, you know, people maybe don't think that when they come to setting it up and they only really realize when they're six months down the line and they've got a glamping site that needs constant attention that's starting to frustrate them. So I think from for day one, um, from day one for those people, set up as a business and then treat it as a lifestyle but a lifestyle that you can walk away from whenever you've got something more important happening. Um, as for uh, the commercial aspect, of course, as you say, uh, unless you've got money to burn, you need to have a profitable business. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense and it's completely unsustainable. And I don't think we need to speak about that too much because you know, now we've said it, I think that's very clear. And there are loads and loads of business principles that are applicable across a range of businesses and that can be applied to running a glamping site. Uh, but we're going to focus in on three today. Um, and those principles are competitor analysis, customer retention, and marketing. Um, so I'm sure people know competitor analysis is, but could you just please give us a quick definition of what that is and then how you can apply that general principle towards running a glamping site? Yeah, of course. So I see 
competitor analysis in two different ways. I'll give you the traditional first. So competitor analysis is taking a look at who's around you, um, what their sites are like, um, you know, are they good, are they bad, what type of units are on them, how busy they are, how much are they charging, all of those things, uh, and getting an understanding of will you be better than them, will you be cheaper than them, you know, how are you going to be more appealing to somebody that wants to come and stay in your area than your competitors. And, you know, that, that's kind of quite traditional stuff there. Uh, on the, the flip side, the way that I see competition is actually pretty much the direct opposite of what a lot of people see competition as. I see competition as friends, collaboration, ways to work together to help improve each other. And I think it'd be great for people from an early stage to get an understanding of that. Um, so we have sites around our own sites that you would class as competitors that we actually speak to all the time. We pass um, people to one another whenever we're full. Uh, you know, we, we talk to each other about the, the area and you know, the, the market and how popular it is and things like that. Um, so I would suggest that for all competitors or a thing, and you can analyze your competitors, that's quite a, an outdated way of viewing things. And I actually think that rather than calling people competitors, you should call them collaborators. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, whilst glamping has grown massively, especially over the past 18 months or so, it's still a semi-niche industry. And if you, you can combine with a few other glamping start operators then uh, to sort of progress the industry forward, then that's going to help you all as well. Exactly. Exactly. You know, more people knowing about this industry is only going to benefit us all. And, you know, we're on a mission to do that. And uh, I would like everyone else that's listening to this, planning on setting up glamping sites to be part of that too. Yeah, but I also do think it's important to stress that you do need to look at the surrounding sites and really figure out how you can be different from them too. Because one, just as a general principle, you don't want to be a carbon copy of the site down the road. And two, as we approach saturation, obviously you want to be able to make sure you can stand out from the crowd um, as supply catch up with demand. Yeah, absolutely. And I was about to say, don't start me on USPs, but I think you might be about I to think, start me on USP. Yeah, I think I might be about to start you on USP. So the next principle we're going to discuss is customer retention. Uh, and again, there's so much that goes into this, one of which, as you just suggested there, is, is the unique selling points or USPs. Um, so again, could you just define customer retention for us and discuss how you might apply that principle to running a glamping site or a successful glamping site? Yes, yeah, so customer retention is the amount of people that come and visit you again after visiting once before. Um, and so there's kind of two, two different aspects to, to customers coming to you. Um, new customers, uh, and that would all come through marketing. That's I think we're going to speak about marketing soon. Uh, so new customers coming in and staying with you. Uh, and then people have marketing spend and marketing cost money. So having customers that have come to you once come back potentially over and over again, uh, means that you reduce that marketing spend, you increase um, the amount of people that are going to be talking about you to all of our friends. Because if somebody goes somewhere two and three times, we've got loads of visitors that are like that at the moment, our own sites, that are real advocates for us. And you know, when we post something on Facebook, they comment and say it's the best place in the world and all these things. Um, and so customer retention is something that is, is super important. And it's actually something that a lot of the industry struggles with. And I, I see it all the time when I go to speak at events and when we uh, exhibit at shows and all these sorts of things, there's always talk of customer retention and how it's low. And we just don't see that with our own sites. And the reason uh, that we don't see low customer retention and 
we do see high customer retention is because we have so many great USPs uh, in our site. And as you said, that's unique selling points. So um, unique selling points uh, range vastly. They're anything that makes you unique from somewhere else down the road or you know, different town, different city, whatever. Uh, and so some of the USPs uh, that we have at our own sites, uh, the one that I love and I think that is so important is lighting. So we've got some great external lighting uh, and we've got fantastic images of the site at night. It looks absolutely great. And uh, as well as that, we've got voice controlled lighting within the, the units themselves. So you can say, Alexa, I'll make the lights go red and the pod will turn red. Uh, and that is something that I actually stayed at our own uh, first site a few months ago. And uh, I actually watched for it. Every time uh, a customer came for the first time, opened the door and within five minutes, the outside light went blue or the outside light went green or yellow or whatever color it changed to. Uh, and that's because they've gone in and they've gone, oh, wow, wow, it, it can go different colors. Um, so that's a, a great USP uh, lighting. Even things like communal areas with decking, barbecue, fire pits. Uh, we've got saunas at our own site. Hot tubs are a great one. Uh, I think that that's probably a whole bigger topic than speaking about it just now. Um, but hot tubs are great for um, higher occupancy rates and for higher nightly rental charges. Uh, although I would suggest maybe not so much for customer retention because the type of visitors that come to um, sites with hot tubs generally aren't going to come back. They're going to come once and then go somewhere else. Um, so back to the kind of initial point is customer retention, uh, using USPs to, to increase your customer retention, having as many fun experiences, different experiences, that people don't normally get at home uh, when they come along to you is um, you know always going to elevate your site and make them enjoy it more. And even you know I've spoken about some expensive USPs there, some technological USPs there, even things like having animals in the field next to you. I know that this will sound alien to people at home uh, that have sheep in their field. You know they think oh well it's just sheep. Uh, the people that come from big cities, uh, they can be shocked and amazed that there's a sheep and get photos with the sheep and photos with the cows and all these sorts of things. And so even something as boring uh, to the people at home uh, or as normal to the people at home as sheep or cows can actually be a massive USP and everything in between as well. Yeah. And I'd say the customer attention can be split into two um, distinct aspects. The first one is what we've talked about there. It's about essentially pleasing your guests and whether that comes from usps whether it comes from customer service whatever it is got to make sure your guests have a good time if you want them to come back again but um and then maybe to a lesser extent um i think it's also important to get your your marketing right towards those people i think most of your marketing should be aimed at trying to um attract new guests absolutely but there should be yep. a, an element of it retained towards just making sure people remember that you're there maybe off, giving them offers that um will entice them back um just to yep. just to keep them engaged until their next day. Yep, exactly. Things like email marketing is, is great for that. And I'm sure that most of the listeners at home that are signed up to us will know all about email marketing. Um, keep in touch points with, with people that have come and stayed with you before um, by using email marketing. Marketing is a great way to do it. 
Yeah, just so just a primer on people who aren't aware, that's where you get someone's um, details signed up to your database and they give you permission to email them. So and then they, they're on your email list and you can keep them engaged and hopefully um, encourage them to come back at a later date. Talking about marketing, marketing that leads us on to uh, our final discussion point. Um, and I know we talked about this quite a lot throughout the podcast, but the feedback we've had is it, it's really valuable. Um, and that's yeah. import, discussing the importance of marketing to a glamping site before it's set up and whilst it's ongoing. Um, yeah. So, Callum, I'm going to give you the floor on this one. Don't I know you could spend hours and hours talking about this, but let's try and keep yeah. it relatively brief. Um, just explain to us the importance of marketing to a glamping site and the sort of general principles that you should abide by when you're doing so. Yeah, of course. So a lot of people, um, especially more hands-on people, think build and they will come. And for all it's, uh, it is the case to a degree, it's not the case to the point that, you know, you're going to be super busy, super popular. You might make a little bit of money if you do the build and they will come thing. Um, but realistically, marketing is what puts people in your beds uh, and your glamping pods, what puts your occupancy up um, and what, um, you know, has ultimately... Um, Fills, fills up your units. And, and that's the objective once you set up a glamping site. And uh, there's various different forms of marketing. There's social media, there's Google ads, there's pay, other paid ads, social ads, um, email marketing, as we've already mentioned, loads of different ways. But for the guys at home, the, the number one way to market a glamping site is absolutely social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram. 86% um, of Brits, according to the Association of British Travel Agents, booked their holidays online. Uh, in 2019 and um, you know that's only 14% of people didn't uh, and this was all through influence uh, of social media in fact I read another stat that over 90% of people um, booked a holiday in 2020 with the influence of social media so that shows you the power that the high percentage of people that are booking holidays um, because of social influence and booking holidays online um, so it's absolutely a space that glamping sites need to be in. And I know that a lot of the people that are setting up glamping sites maybe don't have much of a grasp on it. Um, but, you know, given those stats, it's just so clear how um, important marketing is when you come to setting up a glamping site. And I'll not go into too much depth uh, into it, but yeah, Facebook and Instagram uh, is absolutely the way to go. That is direct to customer, direct to people that are wanting to stay with you. Um, our own socials, I've got about 35,000 people on Facebook, 35,000 people on Instagram, and we can post, oh, there's a night available at this point, and we'll immediately get a few bookings. So uh, it's such a powerful tool when you come to opening your lamping site. Right, and we at Glampatech do actually offer marketing help. Usually I'd say uh, if they want more information to get in touch with the guests, but Callum is too busy running Glampitech like a business and delegating like we were discussing earlier. So feel free to mess, give me an email at nick at glampitech.co.uk and we'll see what we can do. Just before we go then, Callum, the final question that we tend to ask uh, most episodes is if you could give one piece of advice to someone that's looking at running a glamping site like they'd run a, a normal sort of business, uh, what would that be? Hmm. Okay, good question. So uh, marketing is absolutely the, the most important thing, um, obviously, uh, after what we've just said. But I would say that answer, um, no matter what I was talking about here, uh, a lot of businesses are just marketing businesses that happen to give a service off the back of it. Uh, and um, that applies with, with glamping sites. Uh, you know, our, our most valuable asset with 
Glampitect is our marketing. Um, we get most of our clients, in fact, just about all of our clients through marketing. Uh, and it's the same with glamping sites. So the number one most important thing for anybody that's wanting to set up a glamping site and run it properly as a business is put a lot of focus into marketing. Predictable but valid. Okay. Um, <laughs> right, I'm sure we'll have you on as a fourth time at some point, uh, but we'll give you a little break uh, to get on with your busy schedule. But thanks again, Callum. Um, and as I say, if anyone wants to get in touch, just get in touch with me at nick at glampertech.co.uk uh, and I'll pass anything on. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Glamper Tech Podcast. I hope you enjoyed and that you found value in today's episode. If you did, feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps us move up the podcast rankings. Thank you.